Genesis chapter 39. Now, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Now, the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story saying, the Hebrew servant, servant who you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph mm. and showed him steadfast love mm. and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Mm. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. Mm. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, a great ending to a familiar um, and, you know, uh, briefly tragic story. You right. know, Joseph... Uh, his life has basically been a big uh, Greek tragedy up to this point. Yes. You know, he's been sold into slavery by his brothers. Um, he, you know, and then things started to look up as he climbed the ranks and then he was falsely accused and imprisoned. 
Um, and yet here the Lord is continuing to show him steadfast love and favor. And uh, even in prison, he he is given favor and mercy. And, you know, I do think this is a, a very familiar passage to me, and I'm sure most of us who've grown up in church settings especially. Right. And I think the propensity, you know, and potential with this passage, like our impulse is to basically make Joseph this ultimate moral paradigm mm-hmm. for us to follow. And I, I do think like we we should absolutely strive to like emulate this level of faithfulness and, um, you know, integrity and everything. But I think we're missing the point when that's what we walk away with. And not only are we missing the point, but it's really crushing. And I remember like, you know, growing up and in middle school and, you know, adolescent years and everything like being like so discouraged by the story mm. because I remember it being taught to that David was probably like, or uh, sorry, Joseph was probably like 16 when this happened or something. And, you know, just being so discouraged I and mean, like, gosh, if I could just have this sort of relationship with like sexual temptation and whatever and porn mm-hmm. and whatever, then like I'd be such a better person and life would be so much better. Uh, but I'm a failure. Yeah. And, you know, I like I said, like I, I do think we should learn from the faithfulness, integrity that we see here. But what we should ultimately see here is Jesus. Yeah. You know, uh, someone who is falsely accused and yet continues on in integrity and in faithfulness. And so, Jackson, what are your thoughts on this passage? Oh, well, I love that you're leading us to Christ right out, right out of the gate. Um, I think you're exactly right. We, we can read these in sort of a do-as-Joseph-did kind of way yeah. that, that ultimately is going to strip these, these great stories of their true power. Yeah. Now there absolutely. there there is instruction like yes, we should, you know, fight and and uh yeah. and if the the so-called seductress presents herself, you know, we we should be of of good character and and uh with virtue stand strong. Like of course. Mm-hmm. But but like our hope is not that we're going to stand strong in the in the day of temptation. Mm-hmm. Our hope is the one who stood strong and endured the the penalty for our not resisting temptation, you know, and, uh, and he did so perfectly. He stood strong and we couldn't, and he endured that sin that we, or that punishment that we deserved. And and he took it fully Mm -hmm. uh, in our place. And so, so Joseph is a type of Christ that points us to Christ. You know, one of the thoughts though, that is kind of prevailing on me and and this may be a weird place to take this, but you know we're, we're thinking about well, we're thinking about dating and we're thinking about um, sex even right now. And you know I I feel like this is a passage that's helpful for me to kind of undercut what is uh, a real nefarious thought that exists in a lot of evangelical circles, and it's this kind of like pseudo prosperity gospel as it relates to. Uh, sex and marriage. Hmm. Now, I'm going to try to make a little bit of an argument here with, uh, or like a little bit of a story. So well, kind of hang with let's me. Argue. But, so, well, Joseph is this like stand up moral guy, not perfect, yeah. but we see him as like a paragon for virtue in this story, sure. right? Yeah. So he does all the right things. Um, he resists temptation, you know, when the seductress throws himself at, at throws her at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stands strong and he resists. And, and he says this incredible line, how then can I do this great wickedness 
and sin against God. Mm-hmm. So that's the right, the right sort of response. Now, I think a lot of us have been trained to think that if we resist temptation in this way, then that therefore will sort of unlock this math equation that says resisting temptation uh, over a period of time equals a very successful marriage. Totally. And it's going to equal uh, lots of great sex in the future kind of thing. Mm. And so I, I hate to be crass, but this is sort of how this line of thinking goes and it yeah. exists. And it's prevalent in our world. But what ended up happening for Joseph? Did he get the kind of health and wealth and prosperity and good marriage and good sex that was promised to him? Well, no, he he just received pain and, mm-hmm. and trial and suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, like good behavior did not necessitate. It didn't force God to give him all the good things in the world. Mm-hmm. Instead, he was he was uh, uh, lied about, and yeah. he was uh, had his character defamed, and he was ultimately thrown into prison. And the hope here is not that things are just like going to work out for Joseph, but the hope is, I think, in verse twenty-one. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Mm-hmm. And so again, as we're thinking about dating, as we're thinking about marriage, as we're thinking about sex, I, I think it's a good time for us to remember that there are a lot of cultural messages and even pseudo-Christian messages that can teach us a type of health, wealth, prosperity gospel that's not very helpful mm-hmm. uh, and it's not in keeping with the word of God. Our hope is not that if we do a little bit of good, that we're going to experience a bountiful life in this life where we get lots of stuff and a really great marriage. Like like Christians have hard marriages, yeah. you know, and Christians have to like endure through real trial and difficulty in their sex life. Mm-hmm. But our hope is not a really great marriage as wonderful of a blessing as that is, totally. or even a really great sex life as much of a, as a gift as that could be. But our hope is that if we are in Christ, the one whom Joseph points towards, then God's steadfast love will rest on us. Absolutely. And God will be with us in the midst of whatever those trials might be. Absolutely. You know, and I do think like, so first of all, we should see Jesus, you know, the the wrongly accused savior um, and, you know, the faithfulness and, and everything. But I do think you can go, and, and I think that maybe there are, is a tendency in sort of reformed evangelical camps to go like hyper that way and almost make like scripture like inapplicable, like right. it's only typology. Uh-huh. And so I, I don't want to come across that way. And I do, I do think like there is such a valuable lesson here um, in the, the value of integrity. And it's, it's something that I've thought a lot about and I'm, I'm very grateful. Like my, uh, my dad uh, is just a, massive massive model of integrity to me and i have especially now that i'm an adult and i'm like more aware of you know adult life and dynamics and you know sort of like things that my parents have gone through or do walk through and seeing it from a more like seasoned lens uh, i've begun to see more and more ways in that the integrity that my dad has carried into situations has basically been very inconvenient and isolating and frustrating. Um, And yet in the moment and maybe even for like a long season or years, but always in the end, 
integrity bears a very sweet fruit. And, you know, it's because it's the favor of God and it's communion with God and fellowship with God. And that no matter what, like if, if your integrity actually, you know, de-escalates your standing as it does for Joseph still, you know, as verse 21 says, but the Lord was with him and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor. Yeah. And that is the promise that we have to strive towards. And it's that idea that if we share with Christ in his sufferings, if we walk the narrow road, then the the sweet the fruit is sweet because it is fellowship with God. Yeah. And so Amen. you know, it's very practical. So we should see Jesus, but we should also see the very practical promise of sharing in the suffering and in the triumph of Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know. Joseph could have indulged his flesh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure there's a whole subsection of people out there who would think like, oh, that that's where like the good of this life is found is like, you know, hey, you know, this this woman is offering herself to you like, yeah, enjoy, go you know, like yeah. go for it. Like, like that's the fat of life, mm-hmm. sort of, so to speak. And what we see is, is that Joseph actually gained through his self-denial and his uh, upright character yeah. pursuing the Lord. Because what is the the chief treasure? Well, it's not you know sexual gratification. It's not uh, favor in the house of you know uh, officials or rising to the to to be second in command of a great nation. It, it's not in your accolades. It's not in your success. It's in knowing God and being known by God. Amen. And that's why verse twenty one is so so sweet and so powerful. Is that like. God being with Joseph, even in the prison cell, shows you that Joseph gained everything totally. because he had God. Totally. And, and so um, we, we, we should look to Joseph and see what he, you know, so to speak, gave up and what he gained and go like, oh yeah, it's, it's good and it's right for us to seek to be virtuous and, and to stay strong. And, 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 you know, speaking to your point about like, yes, we want to see what this is ultimately about, how this is ultimately uh, ensuring the protection of the lineage of Abraham and the people of God, because this is how the 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 line or uh, you know uh, the line of Abraham is going to uh, get to Egypt to be protected for a season, come back to the promised land um, uh, through the Exodus. Uh, this is the way that we're going to see Jesus ultimately come from Abraham. Uh, there, there's lots of typology. There's lots of redemptive history that's coming here. But at the same time, like we also see this very practical example of Joseph not even beginning to entertain the advances of this woman. He says, no, like, like hard no. Like, yep. like I'm going to honor my master. I'm going to honor God. Not even going to entertain that. And uh, to you who's struggling out there and, you know, you're wanting to entertain a little bit of uh, what the world may have to offer you thinking it might actually be sweet. Uh, I would encourage you to let Joseph's example be an encouragement to you to stand strong. Uh, but even if you fail in that, know that there was one who stood strong uh, even over and above Joseph, and mm-hmm. he is our hope. Amen. Well, great look at Jesus and at the life we're called to in Genesis 39 today. For Jackson Randall, my name is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. 
If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.